And a very good morning to you. Welcome to the papers. Uh, as I record this, it's exactly quarter to nine on Halloween, October 31st, 2023. Happy Halloween, if that's your thing. I hope you have the living bejesus scared out of you later on by films and stuff. You might be going out with the the kiddies doing the trick-or-treating. I hope you... Well, I hope it's bountiful for you. Hope you have a good day. The papers, then relatively new podcast. I look through the UK broadsheet and tabloid newspapers uh, for one or two interesting stories. Let's look at the headlines, starting with the Daily Mail. Front pages, I mean. Let's look at the front pages. Uh, Pawns of the terrorists. This is the Daily Mail. Israeli Prime Minister condemns barbarians of Hamas as they parade three distraught women in hostage video. That's right. Last night, the Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said it isn't a time for a ceasefire. It is a time for war. He referenced the Bible. He also referenced that video released by Hamas I just mentioned, said there will be no ceasefire in Gaza. That's the front page of the Daily Mail. UNICEF, by the way, and Save the Children are reporting that 3,500 children have uh, perished in Gaza thus far. Nearly 9,000 people in total. That is the Daily Mail. The OI newspaper. Johnson made it impossible for UK to tackle COVID, top advisor says. So the OI paper covers the, the land, what it calls a landmark day in the COVID inquiry a top civil servant accused Boris Johnson of being unable to lead during the pandemic. We'll come back to that in a few minutes. The Metro goes with Saved from Storm. This is about this is about Storm Kiron or Storm Kieran, Kiron. It uh, has a front page photograph of a woman, a couple even, who were swept into the sea only to be miraculously pushed back on land by a wave. That's the headline this storm is expected to batter britain from uh, t- tomorrow night wednesday night into thursday the guardian photograph of the hostages hostages that have been released by hamas and a hostage that was rescued israeli pm rules out a ceasefire and declares this is a time for war that's the guardian also on the front page of the guardian pressure on johnson over covid messages the sun Maddie cops finally say sorry to Kate and Jerry. This was announced yesterday. The Portuguese police have apologised to Madeleine McCann's parents for how they handled, or in this case mishandled, the case of their missing daughter when she disappeared back in 2007. As the Times leads with, civil servants wanted to ban Israel from AI talks, according to the Times. Civil servants recommended the government excludes Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu from a major AI summit due to take place at Bletchley Park later this week. Why did civil servants recommend that Netanyahu not be invited? Well, because of Israel's invasion of Gaza and fears that his Netanyahu's appearance would overshadow the tech gathering. As the paper says, the Foreign and Science and Technology Secretaries were angered by the suggestion that Netanyahu would not be invited and rejected it. I read somewhere this morning, or I heard on the radio, that the UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak will be interviewing Elon Musk today, who's probably not in the best of form, as that Twitter has lost £25 billion 
dollars off its um, share price, hasn't it? Or its value has plummeted by 25 billion, according to some sources. Uh, this morning, the Daily Telegraph goes with Israel frees kidnapped soldier in Gaza raid. Uh, the paper reports on the latest developments in the Israel-Hamas war, saying the Western leaders have launched a diplomatic offensive on Middle Eastern states in an attempt to prevent the conflict from spreading further. Financial Times goes with big four firm PricewaterhouseCooper elevates head of advisory business to be global chair. That's a financial story, obviously. And the Daily Mirror leads with tragic jokes. That's the headline. It has a photograph of a dishevelled and rather worried-looking Boris Johnson, a photograph taken when he was Prime Minister back in May of 2020. Tragic joke, says the Mirror. If you thought the government was incompetent and dishonest during the pandemic, turns out you were right. Now we know even their own advisers thought they were. A, and then the headline screams, tragic joke. The COVID inquiry continues. It's at the stage, uh, stage two, where it's looking at how the government handled the pandemic. Yeah. And the Daily Express headline is, I can't read it for you because I can't see it. As the Daily Star has a headline on front page, page one, are there Klingons lurking around Uranus, is the headline. As the Daily Star says, scientists have spotted an infrared aurora on Uranus that could help find alien life. The star never fails to be ridiculous, does it? The star. So let's have a look inside then. This is the papers, by the way, with uh, your BBG, Richie Allen. Not to be confused with the other programme. If it is appearing on your podcast timeline, don't worry. The Richie Allen Show continues at a pace, 5 o'clock UK time. You must have been impressed by this, by the way. Read all about it now. Spared no expense. Spared spared absolutely no expense whatsoever. There was obviously no expense in getting that jingle or putting it together anyway. Here's one for you. The Guardian. A piece by Jacqueline Yallop. I like this. I don't like it, but it's interesting. The headline reads, Everything from our sleep to our hormones relies on the dark. So why are we so intent on destroying it? It's a very good opinion piece, a feature. She talks about how she likes walking with the dark and how she's fortunate to live in a place where it's safe to be in the dark. She says she's lucky because real darkness still exists in parts of Wales. Urban areas, in particular, writes Jacqueline, can be stripped of the dark. London is awash with unnecessary illumination, is 24 times brighter than dark areas of southwest England, according to a London Assembly report. Light corridors from trunk roads, motorways, are clearly visible from satellites, but on a moonless night walking in these woods, where she lives in Wales, um, a long way from streetlights and houses, the familiar paths, trees and contours are all hidden. If I hold out my hand, writes Jacqueline, I can't see it. I only know my feet are there because I can feel the tug of my wellies. Why is this important? Well, this is an excellently written piece by Jacqueline Yallop, and she explains why this is important, okay? The dark matters, she says. Um, She says, it really matters. Not only does darkness offer unique physical and mental benefits to humans, it is vital to plants, to mammals, to birds, to reptiles and insects, and not just the ones that are active at night. Yes, the pollinators. 
Good stuff. She writes, since the widespread adoption of electric light, this is a very long article, by the way, I'm picking out the relevant bits for you and me to save time. Since the widespread adoption of electric light at the end of the 19th century, time's been distorted, writes Jacqueline, allowing us to work longer hours, comfortably shop, cook and read after dark, to move about, to socialise more safely. Artificial light has been a comfort and a distraction, but it's also cast us adrift. Our body's circadian timekeeping system which allows us to respond to environmental changes, is naturally sensitive to the dark. As day comes to an end, these circadian rhythms prompt clocks throughout the body to take note and to prepare for sleep, eliciting shifts in temperature, blood pressure and hormones. But without the signals provided by the arrival of darkness, these rhythms can falter, creating a disruption that distresses our entire body. This is important, writes Jacqueline, because the systems controlled by the circadian cycle play a profound role in our physical functions, including ageing, cell proliferation, cell death, DNA repair and metabolic alteration. When circadian rhythms are confused or disturbed, this affects the body's metabolic system, raising the risks of developing conditions like diabetes, cancer, obesity or cardiovascular disease. Immune deficiency and high blood pressure with the accompanying risk of stroke have also been linked to circadian rhythm disturbance. That's an excellent bit of writing by Jacqueline Yallop in The Guardian. Indeed. Indeed. Darkness. The... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I live in a city. In the northwest, I live in Salford, 1.5 miles from Manchester. Artificial light, the impact it is having on our metabolism, on our body, on our mood, on our sleep. And Jacqueline hasn't mentioned, maybe she doesn't know about it, but what about the non-ionising radiation that we are surrounded by as well? Very good. Jacqueline Yallop in The Guardian, I recommend you read that. Let's go to The Telegraph. Boris Johnson asked... Why are we destroying the economy for people who will die anyway during COVID? So the Telegraph presenting Johnson as a heartless bastard who says, uh, why do we care about people? They're going to die anyway. Why are we destroying the economy? He announced the first COVID lockdown shortly after. Okay, so he was saying, why would we destroy the economy for people who will die anyway soon? That's a quote, by the way. Um, but then he announced the first lockdown, and this is according to contemporaneous notes, which have been revealed by the COVID inquiry. Handwritten notes made by Imran Shafi, who is uh, Johnson's private secretary for public services. Okay, And Shafi was taking notes when Johnson met Rishi Sunak, then Chancellor, in March of 2020. One of his notes read, We're killing the patient to tackle the tumour. Another one re- reads, Large people who will die, why are we destroying the economy for people who will die anyway soon? Fatties will die. Apparently Boris Johnson was saying, a complete failure to look in the mirror. Absolutely no self-awareness whatsoever. Why are we coming for fat people? Look in the mirror, you straw-haired fat bastard. Um, yeah, but anyway, Shafi was asked by counsel at the inquiry, are those comments definitely made by Johnson? And he said, well, I can't say for sure, but I think it was indeed, yes, the former Prime Minister. So in the Times then, 
disbelief at dithering in Downing Street. Number 10 was dysfunctional, misogynistic and staff were at war with themselves at the height of the pandemic, Boris Johnson's former principal private secretary told the COVID inquiry. So Martin Reynolds was the former principal private secretary. He was the guy who sent the email around saying, let's have a party in the garden and bring your own booze. And I think, dear listener, the reason he did that was because not only he, but everybody else at Downing Street, they knew that COVID wasn't really very serious. Okay, so according to the Times, um, under questioning from the Inquiry's counsel, Hugo Keith, KC, Reynolds admitted the report showed dysfunctionality, lack of discipline, chaos and a significant degree of misogyny. He wrote a report, by the way, with Helen McNamara, the Deputy Cabinet Secretary, in May of 2020. And in his report, he said everything was dysfunctional, no discipline, chaos and a serious degree of of misogyny. He gave five hours of evidence yesterday and a lot of this was about the failure of the government to respond and the lack of preparedness to deal with the pandemic. And I think this is a picture they're trying to paint, my dear listener. They are trying to paint a picture of lack of preparedness and complete confusion and chaos. And I think, dear listener, that is because they are trying to cover up a very significant fact. Would you like me to share that fact with you? Here it is. The British Medical Journal wrote, or there was a report in the British Medical Journal on the 11th of June 2021. Listen now. June 2021. Headline. Pandemic preparedness. UK government kept coronavirus modelling secret. Let me read it. The UK government modelled a coronavirus pandemic five years ago but kept that fact secret from Parliament, a campaigning doctor discovered through a Freedom of Information Act request. A list released by Public Health England shows for the first time that 11 pandemic and epidemic preparedness exercises were carried out between 2015 and 2019. These included Exercise Alice, which in 2016 tested the country's readiness to cope with Middle East Respiratory Syndrome caused by a coronavirus. However... To this day, dear listener, Public Health England has not released the minutes of or the, the exactly what went on in those exercises to this day. Why do you think that is? Why do you think they ran 11 pandemic and epidemic preparedness exercises between 2015 and 2019 and they are so reluctant to release reports on the exercises? Why? Why? I'll tell you why, because they are spinning a narrative now that the government was confused, didn't know what it was doing, we'd never seen anything like COVID before, and therefore we have to justify the lockdowns, and maybe we came out of lockdown too early, and all of this jazz you're going to hear in the coming weeks and months. Well, I would argue that um, the reports on the exercises carried out between 2015 and 2019 probably concluded that the best thing to do in a respiratory pandemic is to tell the population to take care of themselves, to take the measures they as individuals feel are appropriate. In other words, if you feel you are particularly vulnerable to a respiratory pathogen or your doctor has you know, diagnosed you as being particularly sensitive to a respiratory pathogen, you need to take care of it yourself. 
none of these exercises that ran between 2015 and 2019, I'm guessing, because I haven't seen them, none of them recommend locking down the entire nation. So the COVID uh, inquiry is basically going to look like one big attack on the government. It's going to look like it is doing its job. That is how it's meant to be perceived, that it is holding people to account, when in reality it's one big massive cover-up, which will justify the tyrannical lockdowns of 2020 and 2021. Let's stay with the Times. Uh, Let's stay with the Times. 60,000 motorists a day are hit with ULEZ fine. Wow. Let me read the first couple of paragraphs about 60,000 motorists a day are being hit with the £12.50 fee for entering London's expanded ultra-low-emission zone. A report published by Transfer for London revealed that 93,700 vehicles that failed to meet minimum emissions standards entered the ULES area on an average day in the first month after the expansion on August 29th. 36% of that figure were exempt, leaving about 60,000 liable for the £12.50 daily fee. That is 3% of the total number of vehicles recorded as being driven in London each day. Oh my God. The report also revealed that about 48,000 fewer vehicles a day were used in the capital during that period compared with June, representing a 2% reduction. Sadiq Khan must be turning cartwheels, dear listener. He's robbing people blind. 60,000 times £12.50. Do the mathematics. And also he can say, look, I'm helping the climate. There's been a 2% reduction in vehicles in the capital. So the story goes on to, to, to say, Sadiq Khan, the Mayor of London, has extended the zone to cover all London boroughs. For petrol cars to meet the emissions standards, they must generally have been first registered after 2005. Most diesel cars registered after September 2015 are also exempt from the charge. 60,000 motorists a day, multiplied by £12.50, and then multiplied by 30 Let's say there's 30 days in the average month. I can't do the mathematics. But uh, Sadiq Khan is rolling around in money like a pig would roll around in shit. And I do know he's a Muslim. I'm not making the comparison. I'm not comparing him uh, with uh, a pig in case anybody gets triggered by that. Mm. Let's finish with the Telegraph, dearest listener. By the way, it's coming up for about five past nine now, just in case anything major happens. We'll finish with um, two stories in the Telegraph. First one made me laugh because nobody was hurt. It made me laugh. <laughs> Telegraph. Naked opera singer, armed with bow and arrow, went on rampage at care home. Fantastic. Jean Ann Crowley. Do you love that headline? A naked opera singer, armed with a bow and arrow, was tasered by police after causing £3,000 worth of damage to a care home. Staff called 999 when Mark Holland went on a rampage after being told he would not be allowed to leave the care home to go shopping, Blackpool, Magistrates Court heard. Hmm, why wouldn't he be allowed to leave the care home to go shopping? Anyway, the story continues. Belmar Nursing Home is in Lytham St. Anne's or Lytham St. Anne's, Lytham St. Anne's, Lancashire, and it went into lockdown on October 2nd during the standoff. Other residents 
were evacuated from common rooms and taken to the cellar as Holland went on a wrecking spree. The court heard that Holland, 63, that's young, to be in a care home. Uh, He was only stopped after he was struck three times with a taser fired by police. The retired opera singer was a voluntary resident at the home after suffering health problems and was normally allowed his freedom, the court heard. However, he flipped after home bosses feared he had been drinking too much and told him he must remain indoors. Pam Smith prosecuting said Holland suddenly broke out into song and appeared from his room naked. He threatened staff who rang the old bill and evacuated residents to safe areas when he reappeared from his room wielding a bow and metal-tipped arrows. A bow and arrow, give it to me. He went mad. They locked down the home. The residents went into the bunker and he got tased the bejesus out of. They tased the bejesus out of <laughs> Oh, God. It must be fun sometimes being a cop, you know. It's not all traffic policing and stuff. Telegraph says, finally today... Uh, Police failed to investigate hate speech against white people. So the fake news or the fake alternative media, GB News and Talk TV will love this shit, you know. A think tank says that police is failing or are, police are failing to investigate cases of hate speech against white people. The study by the Institute of Economic Affairs said free speech was being stifled by a surge in the number of hate crime investigations. It means that people who speak out on controversial issues such as transgender rights or were critical of homosexuality or Islam risked being investigated by police on the basis that their comments are harmful. But the IEA report by Mark Glendening, its head of cultural affairs, claimed the laws are being partially applied with police refusing to seek prosecutions for similar cases directed at white people. And he went on to call this rising censorship the police will investigate anything that is said about trans people or gay people or people of colour. But if anything is said to a white person about their identity, the police don't want to know. This is culture warrior bullshit. Distracting nonsense, of course, that's meant to get people at each other's throats and not really thinking about the issues that really matter. In the opinion of this pikey broadcaster, that's it for me. That's it for the papers. Join me at five o'clock today. We're going to be talking about ghosts and encounters with the paranormal on the Halloween edition of the Richie Allen Show. You can do that. You can join in by sending me a WhatsApp message. I'll phone you or you'll phone me. You can Skype into the programme. I want to hear your experiences today. I reckon it'll be very interesting indeed. That was the papers for Tuesday, October 31st, 2023. Until later, it is bye for me. Read all about it now.